Welcome to Live Committed. It's a central platform for the Ariel Tribe community, where we believe in the individuals about executing the discipline of standards plus habits are going to equal results in their life. On this podcast, we want to provide a space where you can learn to grow through conversations and connection with other people to reach the highest vision that you have for yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And at Ariel Tribe, we are passionate about results. So whether you're feeling stuck in your business, your marriage, your spiritual journey, or whatever's going on in your life, we would love to invite you to the tribe to learn how you can live a committed life. You can always visit us at www.ariel-tribe.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-tribe.com to learn more about who we are and how to get connected to the tribe. So Aaron, let's get on with the show. Hello again, everyone. This is Aaron, and I'm here, as always, with my partner in crime, Jason Jenkins. Hello, hello, everybody. We are excited to be here and do this episode, and today we are going off the rails. We're going off the rails today. Uh, we are just going to talk about it, and um, I think this is one of those episodes where we might go down in a ball of burning flames, to, but we're going to do it together. Yeah, we just feel that this needs to be discussed and the topic is, is, is around leadership that's happening inside this country, specifically around the situation going on in Afghanistan. Yeah, so um, here's, here's the, the situation as I understand it. And if you're a listener and you can correct me on this, send us an email. <laughs> please feel free because I'm yeah. looking for the silver lining on this cloud. Uh, here's, here's what I understand to have uh, been the case. Uh, Biden made a decision to uh, pull the rest of the U- United States troops out of Afghanistan in conjunction with a plan that Trump had put in place for the drawdown. In the process of that, the soldiers got down to about 2,500, and then there were a few thousand um, um, American citizens, United States citizens, and then several thousand uh, Afghanis who had helped the United States in, the in a major way. Yeah. Yep. And so um, in in their desire to protect those people, they were also going to be uh, brought to the United States, which is great. I have no problem with that. What happened was um, the decision was made and, and at against the counsel of multiple advisors, the decision was made to pull the military out first, which allowed for the Taliban to step in and regain control of all the the U.S. controlled areas within Afghanistan. This led to uh, ultimately the downfall of the government, um, which uh, Biden has has blamed from day one, has blamed the Afghani government. Well, they don't want to fight. And that's that's the problem. I believe that we need to um, understand leadership as a a sacred responsibility for the people that we're leading. Here's here's my issue. And, And up until this point, I have not heard him own any part of the debacle that is no. Afghanistan. What he does is he stands up there and says, the buck stops with me. Oh, but it's that person's fault and this person's fault. And so it's complete that rhetoric, that political rhetoric is is not 
he loses all credibility. Yeah. And and I want to be clear about this because I know some of you are already getting your hackles up yeah. and ready to go to war. This is not a Democrat or a Republican no. thing. I don't care who the president is. I want a president that is willing to stand in his own shoes and say, it's my call, I made it, and it was right or it was wrong. That's it. Uh, that, and the reason is because when the leader does that and then doesn't accept responsibility for a bad decision, which we all make. We all make. The, it's the people down line that pay the price. And they're the one people that didn't have a voice in this. Well, the, the first thing that the fallout is trust. So every American now is like, well, how do I trust you to make any future decision? And any global ally that we have, I mean, there, there's so much ramification that comes from it in this particular situation. But the reason you and I are talking about it and the application is, is for you that are listening to this, if you're in a leadership role of we all know not what to do and we're, we're finding that out right this second. If a mistake is made, you know, then you have to own that situation. And what that does by owning the situation, you can then quickly pivot to finding what is the solution to fixing the problem, uh, you know, right or wrong, you know, whatever that might look like. And, and you're going to get the people to follow you much more versus like, oh, well, yeah, this thing went, it didn't go well. Uh, the buck stops with me, but let me show you the eight other people's problems that it is. And I think it's quite possible for for uh, someone to make a case that, well, Biden stepped into a mess. It was Trump's deal. It was Trump's problem. It was Trump's thing. And nobody trusted Trump and, and Biden had to clean up the mess. Maybe, but you're still proving my point. It was Biden's call. It was Biden's decision on the timing. It was Biden's decision on the strategy, and it failed. That's it. That that's and and that's the problem. This is not about who did who's a Republican and who's a Democrat. It's about having the courage as a leader to own when you make a mistake and do what it takes to make it right. Um, and quite frankly, I'm not seeing either of those things. Leadership. Always has, and it always will be. It'll come down to two things, trust and respect. How do you harness those that believe in you, right, to have the trust and respect? And that flows from the leader first. And this is a prime example of a leader not demonstrating that by not owning the situation. And that's and, and that, in my personal opinion, I don't think he can recover from it, personally. Uh, you, you know, you'll have your political parties and... You know, they're already politicizing it. But at the end of the day, uh, our allies and others, he, he won't fully recover from this. I, I think that's a, that's a fair assessment. Like I, and, and here's the deal. I hope, I hope that he can. Like I really do. For the sake of our country. Yeah, because I think, you know, for all of, for all of the negative rhetoric that's going around, and if you want a, a brilliant example of what I think this should have looked like, Jocko Willink on his Instagram page did a post that that is entitled if i was president and he did a speech that was like if i if i was the president this is how i would have responded to what's happened in afghanistan it is awesome it is awesome jocko willing he's the author of extreme ownership so you might you might um assume that there's going to be some some different rhetoric involved in it and there is yeah but the problem with this is when i don't respect and trust my leaders then every decision that gets trickled down from them, I also don't trust and respect. Now, we step into another phase of where we're at as a country right now, uh, dealing with whether or not we institute masks again. 
this is being met with extreme skepticism. Like it's either extreme skepticism or it's blind buy-in and that doesn't, and, and everybody is dug in and everybody has their doctors and their professors and their scientists that they listen to. And no one is really considering, um, like, let's, let's try to understand where the other side is coming from. So for example, in where we're at, um, they just uh, have tried to institute a mask mandate for all schools, both public and private. So what they're doing, and this is the problem with a lack of trust and respect, is uh, when you take the, the, those least affected by the virus and most affected by the mental trauma of the experience of, of quarantine, of masks, and, and if you don't believe me about that, like you're living under a rock. Yeah. Uh, the the mental toll on on our children has been extreme. We have so we have. Uh, I'm a pastor, and so as a, at the church we have a school. It's got about uh, almost 600 students. They have a part time school counselor that they have actually had to move to full time directly because of the trauma that kids are carrying around everything that happened with the masks, and that is real. And you can say, well, they're weak. They, they need to get mentally, maybe. But the trauma is still real. And when we see this, the least affected by the virus, the most affected by mental illness, and we're going to single them out. We're not going to make mask mandates across the board. We're not going to make mask mandates for restaurants, for grocery stores, for whatever. I don't trust and respect my leadership already. No. And, and so consequently... I feel like there's a line being drawn that's a lot bigger than masks and vaccinations in Afghanistan. The line for me is how far will I allow my freedom to be taken from me? That's what this is about. That is the 100% is to at what point do you personally, even as you're listening to this, agree or disagree with us, do you say enough is enough? Like, enough is enough. Like, this is not the right direction for me and my family and for this country. Um, and because there's just a lack of common sense. And my, this is my opinion in front of this microphone to where there's just times I'm looking at this going, you know, where is the common sense that you have to take in all of this information and make a rational decision for the public? You are a servant of the public, so serve the public in such capacity. And let's not politicize it. And because we've so politicized it, because we so don't trust and respect. And by the way, let me step outside of this and go, we don't, it's not just that we don't trust and respect Biden. We don't trust and respect the government, yeah. period. The whole thing is, is a mess. It's just a, it's an absolute disaster. And so um, when we step into like the CDC's making recommendations, the FDA just approves, the FDA just approved Pfizer as a full-blown acceptable vaccine. So there's not an experimental vaccine anymore. Now it's a fully registered vaccine. And the next day, the head of the FDA and the head of the FDA's vaccine approval department quit their jobs, which makes major headlines. And all of a sudden, we're all raised all these questions about, wait, wait, why did they quit? What, what the, obviously this is because, da, 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 we are, and we're off to the races because there's no trust, there's no respect. That's right. I think I think we, we don't trust the CDC. The CDC makes recommendations. Well, they're being bought off. Fauci's a he's an idiot. Well, 
actually he's probably a pretty educated guy, but the thing is we don't trust him or respect him because there was so much waffling back and forth on all of this stuff and nobody had a cohesive strategy about how to deal with this. No, and I think, you know, the reason you and I wanted to have these uh, conversations is that, one, they need to be had, and two, this, this circles back to where we started. This talks about leadership. At the end of the day, it's always going to come down to that, and it's going to come down to one's ability, uh, if you are the president of this country, uh, or if you are running a small business or whatever that looks like, the lesson for all of us in these kind of situations is you need to own that situation. And you need to realize what is the catalyst and what is the fuel that is going to allow you to stay in that position and maximize and execute it to your fullest ability. It is going to be trust and respect. It is at the cornerstone of leadership. And so uh, wherever you find yourself, I think that's what Aaron and I are trying to realize here is that it fires us both up. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. That's not what he and I are planning to flag about. This is about common sense, what is right or wrong, you know, for the well-being of this great nation that we are so privileged to live in. Uh, that has, there's some fires going on in this country. Yeah. And it requires people to be bold enough to stand up and point at and say, yeah, that's not okay. That's not okay. It's not okay that a second grader has to sit down with a counselor because they're being affected by wearing a mask. That's not okay. And that's what's happening. I'm, and, and if you're not hearing about it, well, we're telling you about it. Aaron gets to see it firsthand because of the position he's in. And it's not just happening here in you know, Parker, Colorado. It's happening across the globe. Yep. And, and the number of child suicides, the number of children who are cutting uh, – as a result of dealing with the emotional trauma of what we're doing. Yep. Like at some point for me, uh, it's like it, enough, yep. enough. The, the cure can't be worse than the disease. Yeah, we're, well, the, the challenge is, is that we are not understanding or looking down the field far enough to what does this look like 10 and 20 years from now? What, what is going to be the ramifications? What is the fallout to this younger generation? And that's the part that really disturbs me when, when it comes to this conversation. Yeah, I, I'm deeply concerned. And, and Jason, I would just throw this question out to you. Yeah. If you were in the president's position, what would you do? On which topic? <laughs> well, how would you let, – let's, let's talk about the, the thing that matters for us right now is trust yeah. and respect. Like we have a leadership in our country that people don't trust and respect. They don't. So what would you do? Uh, what I would have done and what I would do, so I would go back in time, is, you know, I'm going to go directly to uh, this Afghanistan issue, is that I would have addressed it and said, you're right, the buck stops with me. I did make this call, and guess what? It did not go as anticipated, and here's what I'm doing about it. And, and here is those that might be close to me, I've asked them to resign, and I've asked them, to, you know what I mean? But I'm also telling you, the American people, that this, this was on me. Um, and it wasn't on Trump because I had the hand, like, yeah, I inherited that. I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm talking about this. I would quickly own it. I wouldn't bake on it, but I would talk about what I'm doing to fix it. Um, I believe that is exactly what people wanted to hear and should have heard because that would have continued to give him the opportunity. Can he fix that mistake, right? Uh, where now he, he just has lost that ability. Um, on these other themes where it's divisive around 
the mask. Well, he's taken a pretty hard stance about that, you know, and you've got more than half the country, in my personal opinion, saying, no, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. And so to me, when you have opposing views, it cannot be politicized. And so sometimes that requires more communication from the leader. Say, I want to share with you why I feel this way. Not so much we're going to battle it out, being like, I'm open to hearing your side, but I got to tell you, this is what's influencing my opinion. I'm willing to change if you can present something that's radically opposing that I did not know about. To me, that's what leadership is, is there for. You can't just, you know, unless it is crossing over a personal value line that maybe he has that you and I are not aware of, maybe that exists. I don't know. Uh, like there's certain things you're not going to compromise, right? In right. Of, and there's certain things I'm not going to compromise. But in these kind of situations that you are there to serve, uh, if it's your employees or in this question you're asking me, uh, the people, you have to be in a position um, to when you decide to put your stake in the ground and like leaders need to make decisions. But if what I would do is I would be open to sharing with people what is influencing my decision. Yep. That's what I would be doing for trust and respect. You know, when I came into the church here, um, I, I stepped into a situation where we had a complete lack of trust and respect for oh, leadership. Yeah. Like it was... I was here. That's very <clears throat> true. Yeah, it was a mess. Like it was a mess. And so I've actually had to do this, obviously, on a much smaller scale, but the principles still apply. Like it's it's not like I even have... I don't even have 4,000 employees. I have 10,000 constituents, but we don't have, like, I have 70 employees, right? So can I get around that? Yeah. Is it easier to work with? Yeah. But the principles still apply. The process is still the same. It just might take longer. Um, and that is very simple. Like, number one, we stepped in and rather than making a bunch of decisions, a bunch of sweeping policy changes, which is exactly what happens every time a president steps in. They're like, we're going to change. Executive order. We're going to undo everything the last guy did. Why? Like, okay, like some of it maybe, I get that. But before you do that, put your finger on the pulse of the American people. Like, put your finger on the pulse of the people that you're serving, not leading, you're serving. And if your leadership doesn't begin with service, you're wrong. Like, and, and, and hear their stories and listen to where they're coming from and why they care about what, not just what they care about, but why they care about what they care about. Like the reality is even um, like governmental controlled healthcare, right? Did the, did the insurance world, did the medical system need to be overhauled? Yes. But was the answer for government to control it? Probably not. Like, because, and I know that most people are like, well, it's free healthcare. No, it isn't. It's yeah. not free. Yeah. Somebody's paying for that. Well, it's the rich people that have all the extra money. No, it isn't. Do your research. It's the middle class that pays for that. And you're crushing the middle class and giving those people who are controlling the, because we care about you, they're, you're giving them more and more and more power. So what they care about is power. They don't care about the people that they're serving, supposedly. Yeah. And that's a that's a massive fallout of, of leadership gone awry. Now, we see that in microcosms in businesses. We see it in churches where leaders, it's about the, the people serving the leader rather than the, the leader serving the people. And that's a, it's a tragedy. And it's especially damaging in a church. 
It's especially damaging in a church. But at some point, you got to get in and be willing to hear their stories, listen to where they're coming from, understand the people that you're serving as the leader so that you can do that well. Yeah, I think a lot of leaders don't value empathy enough the right way. And empathy is listening. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily agreeing to the other side. It's listening authentically and going, okay, I, I hear you. And, and that, to me, gets back to this trust and respect. Absolutely. I, and and the, the great thing about it is I can understand you and completely disagree. Yeah. And that's, that's actually okay. I'll give you a perfect example of that. The other night on my Facebook uh, news feed, I posted a picture uh, that said, um, at some point you have to stop wondering why God didn't hear you and wonder if you didn't hear him. Oh, I remember seeing that. That was a great one. Did you catch flack for that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, not too much. But one, one of my uh, friends from high school in particular jumped on and was just and, – and here's the deal. What he was saying was rooted in pain. Oh, it was rooted in some real, like, life experiences where he, he believes God let him down. And, and they're, they're hard. And I, and as I'm, you know, he was like, God is this, your creator God um, talks to you poorly and then punishes you for not understanding. And I'm like, what I wanted to say was, no, actually, he wrote this massive book called The Bible with all kinds of his thoughts and ideas about how the world's supposed to function. And if you don't know what that says, that's not his fault. Like that, I wanted to just take him to the woodshed, you sure. know. But on the flip side of it, I just felt like there was this like, okay, I'm not going to light him up. What I want to do is hear, I want to understand where he's coming from. And so I was just like, man, I, I totally get, because I, I do, I don't agree with it, but I get why he would say that. I was like, I get it, man. I'm so sorry. I, I can't imagine sitting in this pain. And his pain is real. Like what he was going through is real. Um, and uh, at the end of all of this stuff, he and I were no closer to agreeing than we were. But he said, <laughs> he said, man, we had a real conversation and we're still friends. That's weird. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's great. You know, that's, it, it's, it's a pretty interesting, isn't it, how that happens. The truth is we didn't have a conversation. He spouted, and I just joined him where he was at. He felt heard. He felt seen. Yeah. He felt like we had a great conversation. And now he feels value from somebody who's on the other side of an of opinion that he knows. He knows I'm on the other side of the opinion, but I love him. Yeah, and that just gets back to the whole concept of we just don't sit around the table enough and have the conversation and try and understand. And that's why I talk. It's just empathy people view that as weakness when it's actually strength, especially around conflict. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. That is at the core of trust and respect. You've got to be willing to empathize with where the other person's coming from. You do not have to be willing to agree. You do not have to agree, but you do have to fight to understand them because it's in that understanding that number one, it softens me, but number two, it keeps them open to the possibility that there's another option. That's right. And that's the part that I think um, when we look at, at politics, it's so dug in. They're not there. They're, everybody, as I observe it, everybody that's there is just trying to be right. Nobody's there is trying to do what's best. 
They're just trying to be right. Yeah, I, yeah, and who knows what else they're trying to do. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's probably a lot of other yeah. snakes in the grass over there. But that that being said, even the fact that we would say that proves like there's just a general lack of trust and respect there. And and I think that if if our country is going to pull out of this polarized mess that we're in, I'll choose that word. It's got to begin with the leadership starting to re-earn trust and respect again. If I was, you know, I've actually told you, if I was running for president, that would be my tagline. You know, they all have, you know, whatever the tagline is. So, like, yeah, that's what I'm going to run on. Trust and, and respect. Trust and respect. And I think people are like, I'm in. I'm in because that's exactly what we need. Yeah. Because so much falls off from that. But as soon as you say... Um, we're actually going to listen to the other side yeah. because they have some good points. We're actually going to listen to what they say and see how we can't bring this thing together. And that's, I mean, since we're talking about, you know, the United States, I mean, that's what this was built upon. It was built upon diverse opinions. It was built upon a constitution and in a process, right? But there, but there's that, that grayness that you and I are talking about, right? That there's the grayness of, of intentionality, you know, of wanting to serve and being on the same team versus just, you know, throwing rocks at each other because you're in a different political party. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I just know. Uh, my dad used to say this to me. My, my dad from Kentucky with all of his folksy wisdom he used to say you win a lot more um, flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. Like sweetening up a little bit, being kinder, being more gentle, being more compassionate. Um, it just goes miles in leadership. It just goes miles in leadership. Um, and again, I want to tie this episode down, but I want to be clear. This is not a Republican versus Democrat issue. This is a conversation around leadership and what we believe needs to change in order for us to get our country back on track. Yeah, no, I just, I wanted to underscore that just, and I hope everyone catches the message. This is about ownership. And this is about what what is trust, what what does leadership ultimately look like? And write it down, it comes down to trust and respect. And when you really let that sink in, like how can I harness that? How can I empower that? How can I grab that? I, I think one of the first steps is empathy. So if you're running a small business, you're running a church, you're running a nation, guess what? They're all human beings. We're all human beings. Yep. And empathy is is one of those uh, connections that we all have. And to me, strong empathy is strong leadership. All right. Well, if you uh, feel like this episode would be useful for somebody and you, or if you just want to pick a fight with somebody, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you're going to use this episode, but feel free to share it. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, uh, if we need to be enlightened, um, Aaron at ariel-tribe.com or Jason at ariel-tribe.com. Feel free to email us and uh, we'll get it. Um, I have no guarantees about when or how or whether we'll respond. But um, we want to hear your thoughts. And and here's the deal. If there's something going on that I am missing in in the arena of leadership, if there is something going on in our government that I am missing and we can celebrate something, Man, I am 100% here for it. Let, let me know. I just don't see a lot of genuine leadership going on. And that's the concern because we have a country that needs to be led. And leading starts with service. It starts with trust and respect. It starts with things that actually matter, not being right. 
So if you if it's helpful, pass it on. If it's uh, controversial, um, pray about it and then pass it on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, please jump on and uh, give us a rating or review um, and um, let us know uh, how we can improve it. If you have ideas for a show, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can email us at those emails we mentioned earlier. Uh, we'd love to hear your ideas as well, and we'll tackle them. So until next time, God bless you guys. Have a great week.